Oh, shit. What? Forgot to do the thing with the thing and the thing, Matt. You forgot to download the new intro? Yeah, and I'm going to download it, so fuck you. Shut up. You Leave me alone. piece of trash. I worked so hard on that. I know, it's beautiful. Thankfully, it's not gigantic either. kidding me are you kidding me and the music continues going even when we're talking are you joking oh good so good for those of you listening at home i recommend watching this episode on youtube (laughs) nice welcome welcome everybody you know what i have a whole little intro written i'm just gonna read it out well hello there kindly viewer slash listener the time has finally come upon us it is what some would say is nigh October is here, and that means it's time to get real spooky. For the month of October, we have decided that each week you will hear stories from some incredibly spooky haunted places. Hauntings that will send shivers down your spine. Places you don't dare go into, and most importantly, things you're likely not aware of. Because this is Morbid Message Monday, a show brought to you by TechMess about all the ooky, the spooky, the paranormal, and the horrible. And the downright strange things that have happened in the world that we inhabit. My name is Jake. And my name is Matt. And today we have a location brought to our attention by the one and only Masonic Knowledge Keeper. Tex, however many sevens after his name. The Northville Psychiatric Hospital. Let's step inside, shall we? (laughs) You guys like that? That was fun. Yeah. Little little bando reference. So the Northville Psychiatric Hospital opened up in 1952, the year the very own Masonic elder himself, Daddy Mess, was born. (laughs) Just so you know, that name comes from Nicky Noodles. It does. (laughs) Um, Thank you for that name. Now, the building was considered one of the best psychiatric facilities when it first opened. Uh, because they they used different methods of therapy than others did, right? They didn't have padded rooms. They didn't have locked wards. Many wards were actually open to the, you know, to just roam. Um, right. And they didn't have bars on the windows or anything like that. Now, the first superintendent was named Dr. Philip Brown. And Philip Brown was actually known for some of his uh, different methods when it came to uh, mental health healing if that makes sense. Uh, Mental health therapy, right? Right. So uh, there were, okay, real quick. It consists of 20 buildings spread out over 453 acres of wooded, sometimes swampy land. The surrounding area's forest is known as the evil woods by locals, including Tex here. (laughs) There were 25 initial patients who moved in in 1952, but by 1957, there were over 2,000 patients occupying the hospital. So they, I mean, that's pretty intense for, you know, that time period. That's a lot of people, right? That is a lot of people. Especially when, like, this is still the time that people are treated like shit in these hospitals. Right, and those buildings weren't normally that big, so, like, that's... This, to be fair, this is a massive building. The A building, which is the main building, was 10 stories. Mm, okay. And then the B building's another nine stories. And then there's 20 total buildings on the property. I can see that. I can massive. see that fitting 2,000 people. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it could fit them, but it's not necessarily ideal considering staff to patient ratio. Right. You know. The occupancy stayed at 2000 until about 1968, when Dr. Brown, the same, began realizing his vision of a rapid recovery, which led to shorter stays. Northville's rapid recovery system came from being a pioneer using music, art, and other forms of treatment. Patients would learn to play music on put on plays, studied mechanics, and even worked in the facilities with the hospital staff. Uh, The hospital was actually almost completely self-sufficient with its own laundry, kitchen, gymnasium, movie theater, chapel, swimming pool, and even a bowling alley. All of these amenities were powered by a steam plant that supplied electricity via a network of underground tunnels. Underground tunnels? (laughs) Oh my god. My god. (laughs) The 10-story main building had a barber shop, a beauty shop, a photo studio, a massage room, a hydrotherapy room. This sounds nicer than most this, hotels. Yeah, this is like a this is like a resort. Come Good down Lord, to the, the Northville Psychiatric Resort Hospital is more like what I'm thinking here. I even had a steam room, EEG room, post office, and a morgue, which kind of have to have that. And even a dentist. Mm-hmm. Dentist? Life was... I mean, like- yeah, life was actually pretty good at the uh, Northville Psychiatric Hospital. But the good times never last, as we all know. Detroit in the 1970s began trimming mental health budgets, just like basically everywhere else in the country. I'm not going to get into that because that's a whole other can of worms to open up. But, um, that you know, politics and we don't get yeah, into that. Yeah, we don't get show. into politics here. I mean, maybe older politics I'm not against because... Uh, yeah, what's maybe past older prologue, stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. What's happened has happened, mm-hmm. but I don't think anything current is ever going to be on our charcuterie board. Of no, content. God, no, God, no. Please, no, never. Just keep it <laughs> far, far away from me. Yeah. Um, and essentially, what this meant was that many hospitals in Detroit, specifically for like the mentally ill and the insane asylums, et cetera, et cetera, started closing and reduced. And, and programs like Dr. Brown introduced the revolutionary, you know, really wonderful programs such as using music and art were right. completely just annihilated. It actually led to treatments of high intensity uh, psychiatric drugs. And well, that can never go very well. Right. Yeah. Well, this is where we moved into the whole like treat it with a pill thing versus, you know, treat it with normal everyday concepts. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of sucks. It's really sad. It is. It's Especially because this place was literally like a damn mecca. If you had mental health issues, you could go there. You would you would be safe. You would be happy. You would be well cared for. Dude, you had a bowling alley? Like, yeah, you had yeah, everything, yeah. right? Right. And like... It's like it's, what it's, a mental institution should be. Yeah, it is. It is like definitely a model of what it should have been and should still be. But like, and they just, it's sad to see that this was like one of the first real examples of like the healthcare system, like degrading to a point to where, you know, we are today. Yeah. To to the point, like like you said, it's it's rough, man. It's rough. But um, it's funny because like I started reading this and I was like, oh, this sounds like a really great place. And then it starts turning into this horrible game you have me playing right now. Um, <laughs> and that's Outlast for those of you listening. Um, overcrowding me. quickly became more of an issue and there were less resources available to the mentally ill. And at this point, Northville was more well equipped to handle about 650 occupants. 
instead of the uh, previous 2,000 that they had, which, you know, seemed like a lot, but apparently wasn't for such a large facility. Well, I mean, it's, it is a lot. Let me just dip in. Yeah. So like, obviously, you know, by the time that it was more like handled, <laughs> equipped to handle 650 people is because of Dr. Brown's wonderful, you know, therapy. Right. Right. Like his his, his concepts. More yeah. open spaces, more like people can walk around, they can roam, they can get to know each other, like that kind of thing. Right. But when they did have the 2000 people in there, this was a facility that was like packed. I mean, everybody had their rooms, but they were like together. You know what I mean? Right. You, right. you know, that, like I said, there's no padded cells or anything like that, but it was still very much not ideal as far as they had yeah. what were called seclusion rooms. We'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, well, and then see what sucks is is this led to more problems as their number their numbers <laughs> as their numbers were well over a thousand at any given time. So you're equipped to take care of 650, and you got a thousand patients, and that's just you. There's too much. Yeah, uh, but it was leading to patients being stuck sleeping in the gymnasiums and hallways and all sorts of other things until rooms could be arranged. Well, and by the 1980s, budget cuts really ended up taking their toll. A series of investigative reports in 1983 found that the conditions in the hospital were like literally horrifying. Patients were sleeping in the ward hallways. People were chain smoking cigarettes and all of them. The one thing they all had in common is they were all zonked out on psychiatric medication. Right. There were an unsettling amounts, amount of reports of rape, neglect, theft, assault racism and even death both committed by patients and staff alike many patients died uh, whether it be during struggles with the staff or at the hands of fellow patients or at their own hands because suicide was also a big problem at this point in the psychiatric hospital what a shitty fall oh, like, right it just Awful. went it went from so good to so you terrible. can literally see the american dream in effect Right. Like it's it's, it's kind of so sad. It's so upsetting because you can literally see the problems of the United States weighing down on these people who just need fucking help. Right. Capitalism at its finest. Oh, God, okay. We won't get too far into that. Um, <laughs> there was even a reported incident in which a group of nurses had a hand in the murder of a patient. And it's a murder. This isn't like a, you know, a they physician assisted suicide. Them. This is a murder of a patient within the hospital and the, you know, the person that the person that these people were hired to take care of. Right. And I'm another thing about, uh, Northville that made it so good was the patient to, to, um, employee ratio. Right. right. Uh, it was very, it was very good. But in the 1980s that dwindled because budget cuts were horrific. Mm -hmm. You know, everything just started falling apart. Right. Despite many security measures, there were frequent escapes. People who lived in the neighborhood nearby got used to seeing escaped people running through their streets. And, you know, there's nothing more exciting than seeing a dude in a hospital gown running through your backyard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, that's one thing they were doing was they were hiding in people's backyards. They were evading capture. And some of them were even found in local restaurants, you know, just trying to grab a bite to eat. They <laughs> <laughs> were trying to grab a bite to eat. They or kill just, somebody. I mean, you never really know. The like, they were at the malls. They were everywhere. But yeah. um, the reports became more frequent in the 1980s when um, the intensity and the violent nature of the escapes really began to, like, escalate. Yo. 
Emmy Boo 98. Thank you so much. Emmy Boo. For the follow. Thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. Hope that you're enjoying this podcast. If you've been here for a second or not. The first recording, or not the first recording, but the recording of Morbid Message Monday. Morbid Message Monday. Later to be Hunt Showdown tonight. Later to be Hunt Showdown. Exactly. Welcome to Tech Mess. Um, Mm -hmm. Welcome to the Messonites. Let the life flow through you. We stream every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Head to follow. This seems incredible. Well, thank you. Incredibly. Hold on. Incredibly. Yeah, I appreciate that. We appreciate it. Well, let me get back to it. In the October 21st, 1981 issue of the Northville Record, there were discussions of erecting some sort of large fence around the the entire property in an attempt to curb some of these reported escapes. This remained a controversial topic for nearly two years as many were opposed to the idea of the fence because, you know, whenever somebody has an idea, somebody else has to say, no, Um, because that's just the way everything works. (laughs) Those opposed questioned the efficacy of the said fence. Let me try that again. Those opposed questioned the efficacy of said fence. They also questioned whether it was humane to essentially have mental patients in prison-like conditions. Some also just simply didn't want it to become an eyesore. By 1982, the plan of a living fence was brought to the table. Basically, a fence covered in thorny growths from the woods to deter or at least slow down escapees. It's still going to be a fence, but it's going to be green, but it's going to have spikes in it. It's going to have thorns, right? Maybe maybe it'll be pretty. All those people who are worried about the look. It's great. Just a Um, giant rose bush. Yeah, literally. (laughs) That's basically what they're saying. (laughs) Um, Now, this was to deter or at least slow down escapees of the hospital. Um, Mm -hmm. This, too, was never brought to pass. And by December 19th, 1983, the Northville record reported that the NRPH, the Northville RPH, Psychiatric Hospital, whatever, had over 800 escapes that year. 800 escapes, which was an average of more than two per day. (laughs) There's two per day from a psychiatric hospital. That's bad. That is not good. I was going to say, if that tells you anything, that tells you people did not want to be there anymore. It's no longer the, no longer the fancy five-star hotel treatment that they were getting back. Listen, they weren't getting the massage rooms. They weren't getting the hydrotherapy. That bowling alley, was that being used? Hell no. Spiffalicious. Spiffalicious. What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to morbid message Mondays. (laughs) Now, uh, again, there were 800 escapes, which was over more than two per day. Now, the fence convo mm-hmm. came back up in the spring of 1984, but the wall was never actually constructed. It became a hot topic for four fucking years, and then nothing happened. It's almost like bureaucracy is bad. <laughs> Under the new governor, John Engler, in the 90s, the state had decided, you know, it's time to move to a private system. So they started moving more and more of these mental health care facilities to private entities, much like our health care and our government or our prisons work nowadays. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, don't get me started. Somehow it was less expensive. I still don't understand how it's less expensive, but it's less expensive. The population it's started. The state. I mean, no, that's why. Yeah. That's well, literally that's all they care about. It's, it's a budget. Yeah. It's a budget. It's thing. a fight. Right. It's a fight to the bottom. So the population started to steadily decline by 1955. 1995. 95, sorry. My vision blurred out for a second there. Good. Um, Population was at a mere 450, which 
At that point, you know, the 650 limit that they were at before seems manageable, but by 98, it was 360. And finally, by 2003, after the state had determined it was going to sell the property, the remaining 239 patients were transferred to various other state facilities. And in 2004, the hospital was condemned and put up for sale by the state. Now, you know, with the the condemnation and the sale, there's like a whole lot more that's going into that. Right. Listen, this building is still to this day standing. You're born in 1998. Ugh. Damn, you're going to make me feel old. I was born in 92. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, we're we old. Anyway, <laughs> um, there, there was a lot that happened, okay, within this time. Right. It went through multiple lawsuits, but that's not really what we're here about. We want to get into Uki, the spooky. Okay, there were multiple lawsuits. It's finally owned by a private company, which is now going to demolish the hospital and turn it into what else? Condos. Not good. Not good. On the site of literal murders, murders, rapes, suicides, and suicides everything awful. Everything under the sun that you can really think of. Probably not a good idea to have the condos there. Now the but, but at least there's gonna be a swimming pool, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. That's gonna Well, what I want to get into real quick before correction oh. to my information, oh. the building has been demolished. So what I saw was that one building, building B, aka the nine-story building, was demolished. However, the building A is still standing. Okay, so A's as still. well as 19 other buildings on the property are all still standing. And one 19. cool thing. Yeah, dude. Damn. One cool thing that I saw is one of it in the bowling alley that is still there. Um, it, it says market zero, dude. It's one of the graffiti. Um, Matt, do you get the joke? Yeah, oh, yeah. Market zero, market zero. Oh man, I love John. I love that damn movie. Real quick, yeah, I'm lost. I don't know if I'm a '90s baby or 2000s. I'm a lost soul. Well, there you go. Come hang out with the rest of the us lost souls in the Masonic Order. Um, all lost. <laughs> I mean, we're both perfectly. But we're not lost adults. in the Discord! Exclamation point! Discord. I'm pushing it as far as I can. Dad, you don't get it. You showed me the Big Lebowski, dude. Market zero. When he pulls out the gun and he's like. Smokey, this isn't Nom. <laughs> Funny, because I only get it because I watched it like three yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, you watched it fairly recently. It's one of my favorite <laughs> fucking things in It was the world. a good movie. Market Zero! Are you fucking psychopath? Anyway. Um, a couple of stark differences between Northville and other mental hospitals of the time were that Northville had no padded cells. It didn't even have barred windows, and it didn't even have locked wards. They relied on different means. The windows were actually covered by stainless steel security screens. The padded cells were replaced with seclusion rooms, which essentially was just a big room where they would take the mental patient that was having the shitty time and there you go, be secluded. Obviously under heavy, heavy, um, what is the word? Observation. Aha. Uh, right. And, you know, instead of the usual hospital white, this one I found very, fucking unsettling uh, the hospital was painted with 16 different shades of color one of the rooms uh it looks like a classroom is literally like this fucking hot pink and it's really Ugh. unsettling to me and this well i mean this there's was, okay go ahead 
there's there's studies that have been shown that uh bright colors like that actually help in like aiding healing so okay. there's that can you uh, share a link to the discord i am working on that right now actually okay cool it might be a dead link now we yeah it probably is yeah we'll, we'll fix that and stream try that, that once there we go um <laughs> in fact i will fix that after we do a stream here because I don't want it to be like that. Because content, we spend so much time making this. We need work. you guys in there. It's fun. We talk about food and hobbies and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Matt's very active. Um, I try to be. <laughs> uh, and here's the thing that really unsettled me, though. Okay. Like, think about a psychiatric hospital. Think about the state mm-hmm. of mind you're in. Soothing right. music played throughout the hospital. Now, I'm sure to some that sounds wonderful. To me, that sounds like I'm going on a killing spree. Well, I mean, back back when it was, you know, a relaxing space, it made sense. But if they continued doing that when they were understaffed and people were murdering each other, then there's a problem. <laughs> Can you imagine the scenes of just fucking brutal murders and people getting their heads smashed and like... Oh, murdered to oh, the sounds of beautiful. Mozart. Just a slow motion scene. You know what I mean? Like in movies when they have the classical music playing and there's just a dirty right. murder. I, lo- I live for shit like that. Now, the hospital is covered in graffiti, broken glass, needles, and an unsettling amount of satanic altars and writings on the walls. I mean, like, a lot. Right. Um, there are reports from our boy Tex here of footsteps in the hospital when seemingly no one else is there moans cries for help and these all break up what many have reported as an unsettlingly silent place i mean there's no sound other than you okay like very very unsettling stuff um the general feeling inside is that of evil demons and ghosts and all the more haunt the halls the nine-story building on the premises was demolished in 2018 but the other 19 buildings still remain intact to this Mm -hmm. day so if you live in detroit i would recommend not exploring this building as tex was explaining to me earlier it is very very hard to explore that's you're about to say i recommend you take a field trip yeah no (laughs) very hard to explore and you know i would love to go find an abandoned building here in albuquerque and like actually i don't know if we have too many in albuquerque now they all get get demolished too quick we're like too efficient here you know what I noticed though? Driving down to Hemis yesterday, there's still a lot of like broken down, busted up like, like farmhouses, farmhouses and shit. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude! When when my dad and I were actually driving to um, Colorado, uh-huh. there was you know what? I'm gonna do this right now, and you're gonna have to deal with it. What you there do? was this building that we saw, and I wanted to stop there so bad. Because it was just this creepy abandoned like restaurant, okay. Haunted and city in California, where's that? Oh, what haunted city? Tell us more. Yeah. Security has increased over the years. People have tried more and more Red to see Lines, the building. California. That is true. Oh, Redlands. We might have to look into that. So anyway, my dad and I, my dad and I drove out to whatever that place is called, Denver. I can't think of it. And he came up with this wonderful, we came up with this wonderful idea that there was an entire underground city under this like guy's arts gallery. And I just have to share it with you guys because we had so much fun 
coming up with this. So here it is. This is my old podcast. It's called, I hope this doesn't suck. There's the link in case you want to check it out. That's the one about my dad and I, and I remember I'm looking up his, his quote was, I bet it's filled with spiders, snakes, and small bears, (laughs) small bears (laughs) to which I went off on a tirade about what the hell is a small bear. Dude, we're gonna have, we're gonna have to do this haunted Redlands thing. Redlands, okay, yeah. yeah. Look up Prospect Park. Okay, I did. I'm, I'm, I'm looking it. at it right now. There's, there's a love, good there's a good chunk of stuff. I love a good spooky spook. I'm gonna add it to the Discord channel. Oh, look, I'm so much brighter now. Like now, like okay. So we have episode three because we also have brighter. episode two already worked out, but we're not done. So in the evil woods, there is this hatch okay and it was a rumored hatch for a very long time until somebody actually found it Mm. inside of said hatch they found an altar with like a chalice and like a bunch of real spooky 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 stuff very satanic in nature okay all right now again when it when i was talking about the underground pipe system i wasn't joking this is real tex himself can tell us here you have and the to pipes actually, just carried steam, right? They carried steam as power, exactly. Okay, okay, okay. Now, Tex was telling me about an experience that he had mm-hmm. in the, um, I guess it's like, you know, this underground tunnel that has all the pipes. And all these pipes, again, they're shitting steam up into, <laughs> shitting steam, they're shitting steam I was gonna up say. <laughs> into the, um, what's it called? Fucking... <laughs> Why did I say that? You just ruined all of your credibility by saying they shit steam. Okay. So the pipes are hot and the general feeling inside of this area is that it's incredibly hot. Well, Tex told me that while he was in those pipes, like in that area, he felt an unsettling cold. That unsettling cold is not only, was not ever only felt by him either. Apparently there's this, rumor theory of a ghost that exists within the pipes that never actually got out when they were trying to escape they died of the overload of heat because it was all steam shitting into the asylum stop saying that (laughs) shitting in it was shitting right in um and when you feel the cool that is actually the ghost like saying, like, here I am, bitch. What are you gonna do about I'm, it? I'm I'm here. I'm here. That's What's up? Horrifying. What's up? I mean, we play enough phasmophobia to where I would never want to do that on my own. Okay, but, I don't. Uh, we almost did a ghost tour when we were I walked up the shit pipe. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what he's saying, Tex. No, I'm saying that steam shits in. <laughs> Madness. Yes. Madness. You're the best. Yes, yes you, you did, did bro. bro. You went up the shitter. Of oh, the psychiatric hospital. But yeah. Oh, that's too much. Folks, that, that, that's, our, that's our first haunted place yeah. for the 30 Nights of Frights. Unintentional. Morbid Message o- Monday. Right. An unintentional October-themed Morbid Message Monday, which we totally kind of didn't think about initially. I actually did. I, I came up with it today, oh, did you? of course. I, I decided okay. we're going to do. So it was, things. it was okay. So it was, it was still <laughs> spur of the moment, but it's okay. It works because we've got 30 nights of frights happening on our main YouTube channel, which, and this you will be, yes. Exclamation mark. YouTube. 
Yes. Please. And then for the love this of God. will be up on the Morbid Message Mondays YouTube on tomorrow. On tomorrow, yes. <laughs> on tomorrow. On that's, tomorrow. That's when this will be on. The Morbid That's when Message it'll Monday. be there. Exactly. So, folks, that ends our episode, the first of four hauntings for Snack. Morbid Message Monday. Morbid. Next week, we have another submission from one of our lovely viewers known as Simply Super Dave. I'm not going to get too the, into it because I still... for Morbid Message Mondays for y'all. Whee! But anyway, that's it, guys. That's, yeah, that is the end it. of this episode of Morbid Message Monday. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, again, I have to say this every time. This is the outro to the podcast. Please don't go anywhere. We're still going to play games. We're right still going to play Hunt Showdown. We're still going to. We go till 11. MST. Haven't yeah. So, um, I don't even know what I just said. And and cut that out of the podcast because it seems I weird. Um, but folks, thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Morbid Message Monday. We hope that you learned something new about the Northville Psychiatric Hospital. Uh, that is definitely plagued by ghosts, demons, and the like. Again, next week we're going to have another spooky ookie dookie haunted place. Spooky ookie dookie book. Yeah, spooky right. ookie book. No, no, no. Haunted cool. place. So, without uh, without saying anything else, Matt, you got anything else for me out there? I do not. Thank you so much for listening and watching. Kindly viewer, you have a wonderful evening, day, whatever it happens to be that you're having, and we will see you next week. Bye.